Hi, I'm Jennifer Z, and welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Here's what you can expect from listening to Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy. My true passion is all about helping educate you, the listener, on food, fitness, and wellness. I educate through my own story and experiences on a multitude of topics, including inflammatory conditions, women's health, plant-based nutrition, fitness, and mindfulness. It's designed to teach you how you can become your most powerful self every single day. From interviews with today's top health, fitness, wellness, and spiritual experts, this podcast is a fun and happy atmosphere. So sit back and enjoy some of the amazing interviews that I have with experts and people who have completely transformed their lives through plant-based nutrition, fitness, and wellness. And if you love this podcast and would love to see it grow with even more incredible episodes, you now have the opportunity to support the Jennifer Z podcast by visiting jenniferz.com forward slash podcast. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-Z-E-E.com forward slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. This helps me amp up the podcast finding more incredible guests while increasing the number of episodes being published. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. Today on the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy podcast, I have Mario Fabri. Mario hosts a cooking show called Trying Vegan with Mario, where he is on a mission to learn the best plant-based recipes from vegan experts. Trying Vegan with Mario airs on Channel One in New York City and is streaming on Roku. Growing up, his dad owned an Italian sausage factory, and for a long time, Mario anticipated taking it over. The sausage factory was a huge part of his family tradition. At 18 years old, Mario moved from his home in Chicago to Colorado, and at 20 years old, he started a video production company filming food commercials for television. Everything was all about creating the most drool-worthy, meaty, fried, cheesy food shots to entice people. Mario became interested in vegan food when his business partner lost over 100 pounds by eating plant-based. After that, he started learning a ton about food and nutrition. Inevitably, Mario had to stop making unhealthy commercials and learn how to spread a healthier message. That's what inspired Trying Vegan with Mario. The viewers get to learn all about vegan cooking and the benefits through his experience. It's about teaching everyone how they can take the steps toward making delicious and healthy food. I'm so excited to share this episode with you because Mario and I chat a little bit more about his story and his journey toward plant-based foods and uh, if he plans on continuing on this journey and just about like the certain issues that may have come up with his family considering they owned a sausage factory and I really wanted to know whether his family has jumped on this plant-based journey with him or not so we chat about that too we also talk about some of the misconceptions that Uh, he had in the beginning and it's nice to chat about that because I think everyone has those same 
few questions surrounding going plant-based. So we really cover a lot of ground on that. And Mario also shares some pretty simple recipes, some of his favorites uh, that are delicious and plant-based and easy for everyone to make. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Mario. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Hey, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on here. You've, you've had some amazing guests in the past, so I'm just honored to be uh, included in this group. Well, I'm excited to have you on, and you are an amazing guest, so this is going to be you. amazing. Um, so you host something. You host your own show, your cooking show, and it's called Trying Vegan with Mario, where you're on a mission to find plant-based recipes, the best plant-based recipes from vegan experts. And the show is super cool. And you have some pretty noteworthy guests yourself, like Dr. Joel Furman, who happens to be my favorite plant-based advocate. Not too long ago, I had him on one of my online plant-based summits and he was just incredible. So I loved that episode, by the way. Um, so what made you decide to create this show? Like, let's get, let's chat about the very beginnings of trying vegan with Mario. Yeah, let's, let's back it all the way up because this yeah. is a total new thing for me and it's grown pretty quickly and it's gotten really exciting really fast, but it wasn't always that way. And there's been a lot of struggle to get to this place mm. and backing it up. It really all starts with the standard American diet, as I think it does uh, with a lot of people who are trying to pursue healthier lives. And I was raised on a standard American diet. Uh, the microwave was such a popular tool in the kitchen at the time and, and frozen meals. And my parents did their best to feed me healthy foods, but it was just what everybody around me was eating and it seemed so normal to us. And then I also worked at my dad's Italian sausage factory growing up. So I was super familiar with the meat industry and it was something that felt almost like home and natural to me. You know, I'd, I'd be in the factories and I'd see animal carcasses and I would see meat grinders and how sausage was made and meatballs. And I never really made a connection that I would eventually make many years later. It all just seems super typical to me. So raising the standard American diet, working at my dad's Italian sausage factory uh, and pursuing a degree in mathematics, and calculus of all things Wow! Uh, at, at the University of Colorado. That was kind of the path that I was taking at the time, which is complete opposite of where I'm at today. And then once I was about like 20 years older, a little bit older, I, I saw one of my best friends uh, completely change their diet and lose 100 pounds. So this was one of my friends who was, was heavily overweight and just had a, a different attitude and a different lease on life and maybe wasn't as motivated and driven at the time. He loses 100 pounds, gets in the best shape of his life, completely starts glowing, transforms everything about his lifestyle and his attitude, becomes one of the most nice, humble, giving people I've ever met. And once I saw that transformation, it was just like blinding to me. I just like couldn't keep looking at food the same way because I was eating total junk food and I was eating uh, at the time. I mean, I was in my 20s, so I was kind of on the like standard American diet college edition, which is which is even worse. Uh, so a lot more junk, oh, yeah. food, a lot more late night fast food and a lot more pizza. Uh, but once I saw that, I decided I can't keep eating this way. There has to be something more to the food that we're eating. I need to do a ton of research. So I started learning and researching and learning and researching and, and everything just pointed to this idea that plant-based food and eating more nutrient-dense plant-based foods is one of the healthiest ways to live and that it could prevent some of the typical diseases that people die from in the United States. So this whole journey was really eye-opening to me. 
And then during that process, I was like, okay, I want to eat more plant-based food. How am I going to learn how to enjoy this food? You know, I'm, I have this addiction to sausage. I have this addiction to meats and cheeses. Uh, so I really wanted to learn how to cook food and make food and eat food that was going to make this transition really easily. So the first thing I do is I, I go on YouTube, I go online and I start looking for recipes and I start Googling and searching. And I found that there wasn't a lot of relatable recipes to me online. So coming from working at my dad's Italian sausage factory, I'm Googling, okay, vegan sausage. And then there's this YouTuber who's been vegan for 10 years, uh, hasn't eaten meat in 20 years, and they're on their show teaching me how to make a vegan sausage recipe that's going to taste like sausage. And that, <laughs> that just wasn't relatable to me at all. I couldn't really get it. I couldn't really understand it. And in a lot of ways, it, was, it might have even been pushing me further away from a plant-based diet at times because I kind of felt like there wasn't a level of authenticity there that I wanted to find in order to find the best food to cook. And, and nothing wrong with people who are making their cooking shows on YouTube. It's a part of the transformation. You got to find people where they're at. You got to relate to them. And then we help each other grow. So I see so much value for those vegan sausage recipes that I was watching at the time. But at the time, they weren't relatable to me. So I was like, okay, I need to create a show that's going to solve this problem. So what I decided to do was I decided to go back to all those books that I was reading and all those documentaries, Forks Over Knives, and all these different bits of information. And I wanted to invite those experts into my kitchen to teach me their best recipes so I could learn the information, also find the recipes and test them out in real time, and then hopefully create an experience that other people could learn from and relate to. So that was really the inception of the idea. I was just trying to learn how to cook for myself and thought maybe this is something that other people could relate to because I know a lot of people who are in a similar place to me. They're trying to eat more plant-based food but don't really know where to begin. So that was, the, that was the inception of the idea. Right. And there's something to be said about learning from somebody who is also going through the journey at the same, in the same stage of the journey, as opposed to having someone who's been experienced for like, let's say 20 years, and they kind of miss those little steps to the transition that maybe somebody who's just making that transition is going through. And they're like, oh yeah, you have to make a, a vegan egg, for instance, to make this, or this yeah. didn't work very well or don't eat don't uh, eat that on its own because it doesn't taste very good until years later you develop that palate. So, so yep. I love that you mentioned that because there is something to be said about that. And what were the first things that you noticed when you started making that transition? Like with your, uh, I don't know, like your energy or your skin or what did you notice? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I noticed a lot of transformation just with myself, just, just literally my energy levels was one of the first things. So one of the first things I did once I started getting a plant-based food, was I bought this thing called a Nutribullet, which is basically just like a glorified smoothie maker, but it had some fancy name and a fancy infomercial and a mm -hmm. fancy cook recipe book. Uh, so I got a Nutribullet and I just got obsessed with making smoothies, grinding my own seeds and making these like compact nutritious smoothies. And I'd start to have one every single morning and I would feel like on top of the world, like my need for sleep and my amount of energy was just insane. And I'm sure some of the drive and motivation was coming through just making a new change in my life, but like mental clarity, focus, energy. I mean, I think a lot of us don't realize that we're operating at like 85% of our potential and maybe even 90% of our potential. And it's enough of our potential to feel like good and motivated and not really necessarily notice, notice right. what we're missing. But once you make a shift and once you like see what you're capable of at a higher level, then that's the only way that you want to live. 
So once I got to that place, once I was able to flush all the bad stuff out and just reset myself, I was like, I've been on top of the world and my energy, like the amount of work and motivation and things I've done in the past, like two years is just so much more than, than any time before. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm far more productive now than I was before going plant-based. Like I used to wake up feeling exhausted and that was after sleeping eight hours. Yep. Yeah, me too. But no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on point these days and it feels really good. Yeah, definitely. So I have to ask you back to your father owning a sausage factory. What does he think about this journey that you're on? And, and what, how about your family? Like, are they all on this journey together or are they interested in it? Or what are their thoughts on this? Well, it's been a transition uh, because, so the first time I find out about vegan food, I, I went the full extreme and became super obsessed. Mm-hmm. So I came home for my first ever like Christmas with my family after making this transition. And my dad's making this like pineapple upside down cake. And it's my grandma's most famous recipe. And she's passed away and she's passed it down to the family. And it's something we eat every single year. And and I'm over there in the corner like, dad, you get, you can't put butter in that recipe <laughs> and like manipulating all of my grandma's like best recipes oh, that we grew up on. And like, I didn't see it at the time, but that was a horrible approach. I was like making the flaw that, that I thought there that existed in the industry, which was like a lack of relatability. So I come home and I'm just manipulating all the recipes and my dad, like who, who is this freaking hippie? He lived out in Colorado. He's, he's totally changed. Um, so at first I would say that there was a little bit of disconnect and then eventually it became a part of my life. It became who I was. So my parents, you know, we have a great relationship. So they started to accept the things that I was doing and my dad and I started having different conversations and we started talking about the growth of the plant-based food industry. And I was trying to figure out different ways that I could relate to my dad and make him excited about plant-based food. And he wasn't about to change his health habits. You know, he's at, He's at work testing different sausages all day long. Like I'm not going to be able to get him to just go vegan and stop eating processed meats. But one of the things that I did find that was exciting to him was I started talking about the growth of the plant-based food industry and how there might be an opportunity to create that vegan sausage that I, I had seen on that Absolutely. YouTube video so many years ago that wasn't relatable. So I'm like, oh, now there might be this new pocket, and this new way that we could work together. Uh, so we haven't really gotten to a place where we are, but I know my dad's interested in it. I know he has the manufacturing of the facilities for it. So I think that that's my best chance at really like getting him on board for this mission. Uh, but for now he just supports me. He really likes my personality. He really likes my energy. We motivate each other to be better people. Same with my mom. So uh, we're, we're on the same page in terms of, you know, being, being a strong family. Uh, but I haven't gotten him to make the switch quite yet. Yeah. And I think like, I think you're, I think everyone who makes that transition, it, it sometimes goes like this. Typically it'll go like vegetarian and then you make that slippery slide down to veganism. But I think what happens is, and, and I can, I can admit that I kind of became a victim of this as well, is you get so aggressive in your approach because you see all these benefits and you want people to listen, but the approach is almost like a, is almost like angry and negative. And that's when nobody's going to listen. So I think by that educational approach or showing someone like you showed your father, this new opportunity, that's so much more positive. And it's also leading by example and people aren't going to be like, Oh yeah, I don't want to hear you. All you're doing is screaming and yelling like about being vegan. Right. So I think once you, that's why I always post, um, 
food that I'm eating on Instagram and stuff like that, because I'm, I'm not, and you know, aside from like posting all these kind of like negative hurtful images for me, it's all about optimizing your health. And if you end up with a deeper connection to all animals, then that's great. And that's what happened to me. But I feel like there's a slippery slope where you can like cross that line from becoming very aggressive and negative to if you just kind of stick to a neutral where you're just more educational and positive and literally just leading by example. So I think that it's better accepted that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that's a good approach. And that's a, that's a big thing that kind of motivates the stuff that I do. And I see, I see different reasons for so many different things. So for, for example, something I got involved in recently was a protest against Fairlife Farms. Yeah. So Fairlife Farms, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen, just Google it, it'll come up pretty quick, but it's a Coca-Cola affiliate farm that got caught through some undercover videography, just abusing animals in a way that is just undescribable and just so terrible and sad and literally just like kicking cows in the head just kind of for fun because it makes the job easier. Uh, just, just horrendous things to witness. So that made me see another side of the industry. I was like, whoa, how can we affect and stop this? So I started getting involved in some protests and a lot of these protests were with people who've been in the industry made incredible change for a very long time. But they were really striking and shocking to me because their protests surrounded around this idea of showing animal abuse and showing what happens to these animals. So we're out there on the Third Street Promenade in Los Angeles, a very busy area, and we're showing what happens inside of these farms in video and in photo form. And for me, it was a little bit traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And we were directing our message at Coca-Cola. And I think it was a strong message because basically what we were saying was, hey, Coke, we're not going to buy your products if you don't change this. And I think that that is a strong message that sometimes needs to come across in this aggressive way. But at the same time, I could see the people on the street who probably had whole milk in their fridge and had beef burgers like in their fridge that they were going to make tonight. Those people took a defensive standpoint. As soon as we were trying to change their beliefs and we, we made them defensive. So I'm thinking like, okay, what's an evolution of this idea? And, and this protest was amazing. The people I was working with on this are so incredible. They've done things that are, are beyond uh, the scope of where I'm at. Like there's some of the people who made it so that in the state of California, uh, like junior highs and prisons have to provide plant-based I saw options. that. I saw that. That's um, incredible. Yeah. So that's incredible. They've done amazing things with these protests. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what if we made this protest against milk? That was really a protest for almond milk. So instead of saying, don't drink milk, we have a little vending machine where I'm popping out little almond milk samples and having people try almond milk. And then people are like, oh, this is a better option. Now you've given me a tool so I could actually make this shift. And instead of attacking my beliefs, you came at me and you introduced me to a new belief system in a way that doesn't put me in this defensive standpoint. So that's just another idea for how we can make this change. But that was an idea that I had brainstorming with some friends about what are some other things we could do. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I haven't done it yet, but I think that those are interesting ways that you could kind of flip the switch and give people tools and make their lives easier instead of making them become defensive. Yeah. And people get very emotional over food and very defensive. And I love that you said to have something that replaces it because it's the same approach that I take with some of my clients where, you know, I would never give them a food menu where I've just removed all of the crap that they were eating because there'd be nothing on it, first yeah. of all. But, but also, you know, you have to come in with some replacements and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, although the one thing that I will say is 
you know, when it comes to making that first transition, I find a lot of people are starting to rely heavily on the highly processed vegan junk food, for instance. And to me, it's just as bad as eating a typical Western diet, uh, you know, because it's highly processed, high in in saturated fats and refined sugars and all sorts of things. And I usually advise my clients to skip those transition, that transition step and really educate them on how to build a grocery list, how to prep meals so that it makes it easier for them to make in the end and how to make delicious whole food meals at home, as opposed to relying so much on, on like the processed junk. So, you know, this not only helps them reach optimal health faster, but it saves them money and time in the long run. And a lot of them don't believe me in the beginning. And then when they start getting into the, the, routine of meal planning and batch cooking. They're like, Oh my gosh, I was spent a, I was spending so much money at work on lunch and B I have so much time during the week when I get home. Cause you literally just throw a bowl together. <laughs> so I want to know from you what's because I know you probably have some favorite plant-based go-to meals. Um, can you share a couple that you have that are easy to make so that people aren't spending like hours and hours and hours in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and even to backtrack, so I'd like to state that I'm, I'm not like an expert chef. Um, I've worked in the food industry for a long time, so I do have some experience, but a lot of the stuff that I've learned is through the guests that I've had on my show. And one, one thing that I will say, first of all, the first thing that comes to mind that I eat all the time, and I'm somebody who's trying to gain weight and gain muscle on a plant-based diet, that's my motivation. So that's a lot of what I eat. And one of the first recipes that was just mind blowing to me was a vegan cheese sauce that I had learned from a woman named Lauren Toyota. And this is a recipe that combines boiled carrots and potatoes with jalapeno brine and jalapenos and nutritional yeast and a couple of other seasonings. And you could find it on my website, but I had learned it from this girl, Lauren Toyota, who has a page called hot for food. And I'm somebody who was trying to get rid of cheese and then she shows me, she shows me this cheese sauce and I thought they tasted nearly identical. It was one of the first times that I was like, Oh my gosh, these vegan substitutes actually could taste amazing. Uh, so this cheese sauce is one of my favorite things and something that you can make as a meal prep. It'll last all week. So I make a ton of this stuff and I'll leave it in my fridge and it's my sauce on everything. Cause uh, really easy way to, to enjoy food more is having good sauces on hand. So that's a really good one that I like to, that I like to keep on hand. Yeah. Uh, and then if I were to like really dip into what I eat on a daily basis, a lot of it is, is grain bowls. So you make quinoa, you make your vegetables, you roast them in the oven and you, or you use buckwheat or whatever other grains you have on hand. And I'm just throwing together grain bowls pretty naturally all the time. Uh, so those are, those are a couple things that I just love to eat on a, on a regular basis. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love the grain bowls. I love layering my bowls. So like I always have my staple grain and then I go from there and it's super easy. And like I was saying, if you're batch cooking and you're meal prepping, then you're going to have literally, you just go into the refrigerator, you take your grain out and then you just chop up some vegetables, throw it on. Like (laughs) it's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about your show. What were some of the challenges that you experienced in the beginning of your show? So starting out my show, I, I didn't really know what it took to create a cooking show and a little more information on me. So backing up, um, I was living in Colorado. I went to Colorado at the University of Colorado to pursue a degree in mathematics and calculus. 
Uh, I didn't finish school. I left school after a year and a half because I just didn't see the value. I felt like I was forced to be learning something that didn't appeal to me just because that's what my guidance counselor told me to do. Uh, and while I was there, I ended up starting a company called Tuition Specialists. And we would actually help out-of-state students become eligible for in-state tuition at the University of Colorado. So that's a whole different story, but that was really my insertion into this world of entrepreneurship and how businesses can solve problems and make money at the same time. So how can you create a business that could solve a problem and make money at the same time so you could grow and you could help more people? And we called ourselves a for-purpose business and our whole mission was how can we help college students save money and give people access to the University of Colorado? So that That's was my foundation cool. in education. We did that for four years. The school changed their in-state tuition policy. And we ended up going out of business, but not until after we helped save about $30 million for college students. Oh, so that, that was an incredible experience. And that was kind of my like insertion into entrepreneurship. And that eventually led to where I'm at today. But once that company closed, I was figuring out what I was going to do next. And at the time, I had a camera. I was kind of passionate about it. I was making a food blog. I was learning about food at the same time. So then I started to use my camera as a tool for entrepreneurship, as a tool to tell stories, to get compelling messages across to help provide social change. And that's where I picked up a lot of my camera skills was just making videos for a bunch of startups in the Boulder, Colorado area and helping people get their messages across through video. So that's what led me into this world of videography. And eventually I started filming and producing and directing cooking shows for other people. So I spent about two or three years and that was my main primary form of business. And a lot of it was for online and a lot of it was for social media. Like I'm sure you've seen those one minute tasty videos where it's just somebody's hands on the table and they're making a recipe. So I've made hundreds of those videos for different clients. So that's where a lot of my expertise lies. So that's what helped me get into this business. And then eventually after doing that for so many years, I started to lose my path and I started to work with this company that wanted me to film a ton of steak recipes and burger recipes. And I just started to feel a huge disconnect from the work that I was doing. And I couldn't continue to do this work and continue to believe that this is not the right way to eat at the same time. So I, I kind of went into this like emotional place where I was, I was succeeding at the highest level from an entrepreneurial standpoint but I was having the least amount of purpose I'd ever had in my life. So it was a really, really big breakthrough. And I was like, you know what? I got to do the opposite of this. I'm going to create that cooking show idea that I have. So I started reaching out to some of my connections and some of the people in the industry and eventually found some people who wanted to help me make this pilot. And they were going to pitch it to some TV networks because uh, they believe that the world needs more plant-based cooking on television and in these spaces. So they saw a huge opportunity. So we started working together. And this was my first time working at, at such a higher level. Most of the stuff I've been doing before was 30 second commercials for television or cooking shows for online. Uh, but this was at an even higher level. So I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. We made the pilot episode for my show and it went insanely well and eventually got picked up to be on this TV channel in uh, New York city. And it got picked up and the whole idea was, okay, so now that they like your show, we need to create six episodes of your show to give to this TV network so they could air it on television. And I was like, okay, great, let's go, let's get working on it. And the production company said, no, you need to figure out a way to fund these episodes. They're not gonna pay for this show. So instantly I, th I thought like I had this golden opportunity. I was like, yeah, they love my idea. They're, somebody's gonna fund it, this is gonna be so simple. Uh, but that was, that was the opposite of it. So I got to this really hard place where I was like, okay, I need to come up with 
like thirty or forty thousand dollars to fund these first couple episodes of my show. The people I was working with said, "You got to find sponsorships." I didn't even know about the world of sponsorship at the time, which now has opened up my eyes to so many things, which is a whole different conversation. But they were like, "Okay, now you need to find sponsorships." So now I have a couple months where I need to find sponsors, and I also need to find incredible guests for my show. And everything started to kind of crumble and fall apart at the same instant, where I was like. Oh, I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to pull this off. Maybe I got to figure out something else to do. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the production company contacts me and they say, hey, Mario, we got an offer of $40,000 from a sponsor for your show. And I wow. thought, incredible. And then I say, who's it from? And they told me it was from Spam. And I was like, if, if you're familiar with Spam, they're like a freaking meat in a can company. Yeah. <laughs> And I was just like shook because it was the only way I was going to get to produce my show. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, why does spam want to get invested in this plant-based cooking show? Like, what is it? My show is going to be trying vegan with Mario, but when I'm not eating vegan, I'm eating spam. Like <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't really know. And now, now I see how this industry works. And now I see a lot of these bigger companies that were once, you know, Tyson foods and Tyson chicken that are now investing in these plant-based companies because it's kind of like this gold rush that's happening. But at the time and the things that I've been learning, it just didn't feel right. I don't think we should put more power and money into the hands of the people that ruined the food industry uh, yeah. just because they're, they're the ones that have the money that can kind of create a platform for us. So I turned out the deal with spam and didn't really know what I was going to do. But then right when I turned that down, all of a sudden, uh, Dr. Joel Furman's publicist gets back to me and she says, hey, Dr. Furman could do an episode of your show. You just got to be at New York City at this time, at this place, at this location, and we can make it happen. And I'm over here like, shoot, should I take that deal with spam? How am I going to get to New York City? Are we going to run out of time? And eventually, like, I decided to self-fund the show myself. So I had saved up a bunch of money. I was in a pretty good place financially with some of my other work. So I funded majority of the first episode, six episodes of my show. And we were able to make it happen. And then once those six episodes went out, we, we did really well. We got a really big audience. The, the response was better than we had expected. Uh, so then from there, I was able to reset and be like, okay, now that I understand that sponsorships are such a key player in this, how can I reach out to and find and start collaborating with people who have a mindset similar to one that I have? And it's been a long process. I've had to work with a ton of companies on smaller levels to get to a place where I found like three or four key companies that I could see myself working with long-term that I'm like extremely excited about. And I'm so transparent about like, if you follow me online or if you watch any of my shows, like you'll see me say like, these are my sponsors. These people are giving me money so that I could make my cooking show. <laughs> so there's no hidden agenda behind any of this. And it's very transparent. So I would say like one of the, one of the hardest parts about like starting my show really is that it's a very competitive market and it's a, it's a very cutthroat place to create a cooking show. Like every, everybody wants to have their own cooking show. Every time I talk to people say I have a cooking show, they're like, Oh, I want, I want a cooking show. I got some great recipes. And it is so much more of like a business and, and you have to be so much more of an entrepreneur than a cooking show host starting out. You know, nobody's going to grant you that easy golden ticket because there are so many people out there that are willing to work super hard to get into that position that there are no golden tickets. There's only hard work. There's only creativity and a little bit of luck and then having a good enough concept that people actually gravitate towards you and time and place and all these things combined. So I'd say really the, really the hardest part of creating this is really 
not understanding what it takes to create a cooking show and then having to figure it out through that process, having that experience with spam and then eventually being able to turn it around. Uh, but we're at a place where I feel really good about it and it was worth it to go through all those hardships to get here. Well, and good for you for sticking with what you believed in, because I mean, yeah, you could have totally sold out, but I mean, how funny would that have been? Oh, and here's a <laughs> cooking show sponsored by Spam. Spam, yeah. But I also had those, those same misconceptions. Like for instance, when I, I mean, I just wanted to be able to provide plant-based options for people. And I was like, oh yeah, I just want to stay in my kitchen, cook food and show people how great this food is there is a heck of a lot of background work that's involved, like with the podcast, with my summit, my summit took my entire summer away from me, but it's <laughs> something that I'm so passionate about. And I love doing that. I just had to move forward. Like there was no way around it. I wasn't, uh, there was no way for me. I wasn't going to opt out anywhere. Mm -hmm. so, so that's, I'm, that's amazing that you actually stuck with that. And, and it is hard, but okay. <laughs> So I, yeah, have to, no. I have to ask you one thing. Are you completely plant-based now? That's an interesting question. One that I have like a hard time answering sometimes because I'm still even like learning <laughs> what it means to be fully vegan. So I'd say, I guess plant-based and vegan feel a little bit different to me now that I've been here for long enough. So I would say yes to plant-based because I do eat a plant-based whole foods diet. But to the vegan question, like I just discovered like these boots that I've been wearing are made out of leather. Like I didn't even really notice that or, or there was like a fly in my house and I'm swatting a fly, realizing that that's not necessarily something that a vegan person might do. So I'm still on my way to hit that full connection. And it's been a process and transformation. I'd say if you followed me and had a scope of what I'm doing, you'd say this person's vegan, but I still don't feel necessarily deserving of being in this community or maybe maybe the perception around the community needs to change and be a, a little bit more forgiving but yes I am whole foods plant-based uh yes I try to be vegan as much as I can but I've definitely made some mistakes and some slip-ups and I'm not perfect at all in the past year yeah and you know what I love that you said that because the thing and, and neither am I so um, and I love that you mentioned the fly because lately I've been leaving spiders alone. Meanwhile, I used to kill them. <laughs> and, and yeah. it is, it's a, it's a process. It's not for me. It's like, it's a journey and the process over perfection is like what, like take the progress and throw out the perfection. Because honestly, I started also noticing like, Oh, all of these heels that I own in my closet. Well, half of them are leather. So it's the journey, right? I started, yep researching, um, vegan, you know, clothing, vegan shoes. Um, I just recently eliminated honey from, from most of my, my recipes, but, and that's why I think it's great that there's a distinction between plant-based and veganism. Yep. And, and mostly I don't call myself a vegan for that reason, because I feel like I definitely do not belong in that community. And I, and believe me, someone will call you out on Instagram or something like that. If you are trying to say that you're a vegan and you're wearing leather shoes, I'll be like, Oh, what about that Louis Vuitton purse I saw you holding? And it's like, Oh, Oh, right. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I'm definitely glad that there's a distinction between plant-based and veganism. Um, and, and like I said, it's a journey, like you're heading there anyway, you're already not killing flies. So yeah, can... <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing these things. Yeah. Thank you. Um, final question for you, Mario. Yep. If you could flash forward 
20 years, where do you see older, the older version of Mario? Love this question. Um, I see the older version of Mario, first of all, at a healthy, balanced place. Right now, I feel very unbalanced. I'm either overworking myself or, or overdoing something else. But I believe in making sacrifices to get to a place of stability that you can enjoy. Um, so I think that that's fair. But 20 years from now, I see myself having the flexibility to travel and having the freedom financially to kind of be, be as flexible and mobile and liquid as I possibly can. I love traveling. I love being different places. But I see myself like heavily involved and working super hard on pretty much the same things I'm doing right now at such a higher scale. I think I've... I've gone through maybe three or four different stages of starting different businesses and, and discovering things that I liked or didn't like about them and eventually found this one thing where right now I actually feel committed to this for the rest of my life. So 20 years from now, I see myself having a even larger production studio where I'm helping other people produce their plant-based cooking shows, where we're developing products, where we're coming up with healthier ways and easier and more entertaining ways to get people excited about plant-based food. I see myself working in the marketing and entertainment industry even more. How can we, how can we do something where we have endorsements for some of these biggest athletes in the world? I see right now people like Kyrie Irving, one of the greatest basketball players, getting an endorsement by Beyond Meat. And I think that's great. But back to that thing that we were talking about, processed plant-based food, that still, in my opinion, has a long way to go. How can we have one of the greatest musicians in the world do a sponsored commercial with an organic strawberry company or something like that? So I continue to pursue connecting exciting, entertaining, unique, high-achieving individuals with plant-based food and creating content and, and creative marketing opportunities out of it to create businesses that help people eat and be healthier. Uh, so that's the goal. What that looks like is probably a, a big production studio warehouse where we have a lot of people working together on the same mission. Well, I'm excited to see that. And, uh, and I want to thank you also for being on the show. And I want to thank you for everything that you're doing. And I will post your website, your YouTube, any other links that you need to go onto the show notes so that uh, people can subscribe to your channel because I'm recommending everyone does because it's amazing. Thank you so much, Jennifer. You're awesome. Hey guys, Jennifer Z here. Thanks for listening to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. It is growing exponentially and it's just so amazing to be able to get the word about plant-based nutrition and all of its benefits and everything that comes with the plant-based lifestyle out there. The more I share my story and, and the more I'm able to educate everyone on plant-based nutrition, the happier I am. So it's just so great to be able to have so many amazing plant-based advocates come on this show and dedicate time to chat with me and share their expertise with you. So not only do I want to thank all of my listeners for listening, but I want to thank all of my amazing guests who have so graciously devoted time to chat with me and to share their story as well. So one of the things that actually led me to decide that I wanted to create this podcast was I had just finished wrapping up my Mastering Your Life with Plant-Based Nutrition online summit where I had 20 world-renowned plant-based experts and advocates all devote their time to 
share their plant-based journey and to educate my audience on the amazing benefits of living a plant-based life. So wrapping that up, there was kind of like an afterglow feeling, a little bit of a feeling of what do I do now? And I just enjoyed talking to people about plant-based nutrition and the plant-based lifestyle so much so that I decided I didn't want that to end. So that's initially what led me to create this podcast and this platform to share this lifestyle with more listeners. So this plant-based online summit is like my baby basically. And I'm so proud of it. And I'm so thankful for all of the amazing guests who came on and devoted their time to chat with me and share their plant-based expertise with my entire audience. So if you haven't checked out my plant-based mastery online summit yet, then I highly encourage you to go ahead and head on over to plantbasedmasterysummit.com. That's P-L-A-N-T-B-A-S-E-D-M-A-S-T-E-R-Y-S-U-M-M-I-T.com and check it out because whether you are just transitioning, you're in the early stages of making that transition, you're thinking about transitioning, or even if you are a seasoned plant-based person, you will get something beneficial out of each and every one of these 20 interviews. So thank you so much for continuing to support the podcast and continuing to choose to optimize your very own health by taking control of your diet and lifestyle. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. The best way to spread the word about the amazing benefits of healthy living through plant-based food, fitness, and wellness is to share it with your friends and family. You can do this in person or through the various social media platforms out there. I'm so thankful for each and every like, share, and comment. And if you're looking for more food, fitness, and wellness inspos, please visit the JenniferZ.com website. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. And until next time, stay happy, healthy, and plant-based.